Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Booze and Boobs podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Katrina. Thanks for joining us today as we talk about some of our favorite horror movies. We created this podcast as a way to give women more of a voice in horror. Men dominate most industries, especially film and television. And that also goes for podcasts. We'll focus on female characters, motivations, or just expectations placed on women in horror, even if the situation is happening to a man. We're excited you're here, and we hope you love it. Now let's get to today's movie. Well, we're back with today's movie. We are covering Silent Hill from 2006. Happy birthday, Katrina. Yay, me. Listen, at this point, I don't even want to talk about movies. I just want to talk about the books and things. So maybe we just need to have a book club podcast so I can get this off my chest. So Don't threaten me with a good time. Welcome to, um, oh, when we went on our uh, Disney cruise, they announced the names of who's there like when you enter the ship and Katrina and I panicked and we didn't know what to do because she's farmer and I'm Cox and we were like well, what do we do so we just combined <laughs> it Fox which yeah. was better than the alternative and yeah, um, I wouldn't have... so welcome to Fox Media Productions you are listening to <laughs> Booze and Boobs but we will have books and boobs coming soon yes books and hooks Hookers, bookers and hookers. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Why did you have to make it complicated? Because I wanted to. No, we had a good thing. Uh, It's your birthday month. It's your birthday episode. Would you like to introduce our movie? Well, since you're going to blame me for choosing this movie, I will introduce it. Um, Rachel did not enjoy this movie at all no not at all it's just not my style but i can recognize things about it and we can have qualities i'm just also so overstimulated that i just really need my media to be in and out so i just it's a video game movie and video games have a lot of additional things going on mm-hmm. so it's fine and yeah now that we're gonna talk about it i don't have to watch it again there you go also the notes and i appreciate you doing that and your scene <laughs> titles are top notch truly some of the best that you've ever come up with so i'm very Thank proud you. of you for that and also i was just talking to marissa and she was like wait don't you hate this movie and i had to say the same thing i don't hate it but she said that this is going to be great because my rants will be featured so yeah it's it's good for the show when I don't like things apparently it pays off well well I this is a movie that I always like I really liked when I was younger because I thought it was scary and now watching it at 30 having seen other horror movies is really not that scary anymore but it's complex and it's confusing, and I like that. Because at fine. the end, you're thoroughly confused. 
No, right. I will say the silent, like Silent Hill to Revelation or something like that, not worth watching. Oh, thank God. So, anyway, <laughs> no, I don't want to watch that. We're good. Well, let's let's get into it. You have the so, floor. As you may have noticed, today's movie is Silent Hill, 2006 version. Um, this movie was based off of a 1999 video game. Um, the director. Let me see his name. Mm-hmm. Christopher Gans. I don't know. I want to say games, but there's no I. Um, oh, it's Christoph. Christoph Gans. Maybe he's German. I don't know. One of the things that I thought was interesting when I was looking into this is um, in the video game, the dad is the protagonist and he's the one searching for his daughter. But in the movie, it's Rose, the mother, searching for her daughter, Sharon. But I looked into why, and basically, the director felt that um, Harry, the video game protagonist, was too feminine in nature. So he made the mother the protagonist because he felt that fainting, talking to himself, and being vulnerable was a very masculine and that he wanted to have Silent Hill a matriarchal world. Then he couldn't do that with the father. So, which I would say that this movie has a lot of strong female roles. They're, I agree with that. It's basically all female roles, other than like the father and the detective. But And Pyramid Head. He doesn't really talk, though. He just stabs he and rips. Yeah, he uh, he expresses his emotions physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The silent but strong type. The silent hill type. Oh, I don't think that that one was that good. No, you, you were you, you were being it. kind. <laughs> you could tell. Yeah, I can tell when you um, take it. Sorry. I tried though. That means I'm a good friend, right? You're a great friend. Oh, thank you. I put together a little summary. Uh, I don't know if Rachel has read it, if she approves of it, but this is what I tried to do. I have read and I approve. Okay, also, it was approved. My favorite part about it is I didn't have to write it. So I tried to keep it as simple as possible for what it is. Um, some of this we've already talked about, but. The, this movie is based off of the 1999 Silent Hill video game where a single father explores Silent Hill trying to find his daughter. Um, 2006, it was adapted into a movie where we follow Rose, Sharon's adoptive mother, on her journey to save Sharon. Um, this movie does kind of follow like a video game structure. She goes on like a million jillion side quests. And on this journey, we discover that Sharon is what they consider the innocence born out of Alessa, who was a tortured young girl and gave up her soul to get revenge on the townspeople who had wronged her. And we love her for that. Um, So basically she has created this nightmare realm that Rose and Sharon are stuck in and trying to escape. I think that was great. I think that's a really good summation of 
the whole story. I think that this movie, while it's not my particular taste, and I think it's really great for the podcast because, like you mentioned, it's so matriarchal. It deals with a lot of facets of womanhood. And then you do have these two men in the normal world, so to speak, kind of in like a parallel adjacent timeline, even like sometimes in the same spot, but you're in separate realms. So it's, I mean, maybe I'm grasping at straws here, but you know, it's kind of like men and women can occupy the same space, but be having completely different experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what's kind of like this movie really doesn't make sense until like the last 15 to 20 minutes. You're really kind of confused the whole time. I think it was like the third time I watched this and I finally was like, oh, I get it. So it's kind of hard to watch if you don't like it because then it's just like, what the heck is happening? I think for me, and we'll discuss, obviously, it's really like the video game aspects of it and I completely understand it's an adaptation and you want to honor the fan base and the source material and they have what are I mean I guess interesting opportunities to like when Rose goes into the classroom and she finds the little like desk and notebook or something like that and it kind of gives you like a cut scene that would be in a video game I think that that's a cool way to adapt the media I I just think overall it's kind of long, but it's coming from a video game. So you're just going through all the side quests and gaining your little bits of knowledge here and there. And you have to go on this journey that doesn't really do anything just because you're in a video game and you have to get the pieces. So it doesn't matter what you're doing because yeah. you have a task to follow. So that's what it is. And that's fine. And they do it well. It's just not my style but I like the story I do like the characters and because I have to say it the little girl that plays Sharon she's in Twilight so Mm, didn't know that small role (laughs) but her character was so impactful to the fandom I guess that the author wrote a novella about her so see important and to be honest, um, I wrote down towards the end of this, I'm really glad that Sharon is not in this movie a whole lot because the character of Sharon is really annoying. <sighs> well, she's a child, so I'm Yeah, she's a out. child. I'm like, so I'm like, you know what? It's about Sharon, but we really don't see her, and we're fine with that. That's totally fine with me. I think... Uh... I don't know why this just came to mind. Like when we did the boy, it's like the boy is one of my favorite movies about kids because the kid is actually like a 30 year old man. (laughs) That doesn't talk. Oh, until he goes, Greta. (laughs) Creepy. Um, what was it? Oh, and I guess the (laughs) kids. I guess the uh, director, though, apologized to Sharon's parents, like real life parents, being like, I'm sorry if she has like nightmares or PTSD from like recording this movie. Oh, really? 
Yeah. I know that sometimes when kids are in horror movies or like heavy dramas or something like that, they're like misled as much as possible mm -hmm. for whatever the movie is about. So it doesn't like sink in they and don't really kind of become know what real. Yeah. So I think it was kind of that way with like The Shining, which mm -hmm. I don't know how you fool a kid who's like seizing and talking to the man that lives inside of his mouth kind of thing. But what do I know? I just work here. Kids are gullible. It should be fine. <laughs> so we'll start with uh, our first scene, which Katrina has so lovingly titled, Sharon! Which... Yeah, I, I was going to count how many times Rose yelled Sharon in this movie, but I decided... I really hated it, and so I didn't want to do it because it was it just bothers me. But <laughs> I I had to get my headphones uh, before this call, and on my way out there, it's super foggy, and it was like the sun was already kind of going down, and it looked like Silent Hill outside. So when I was walking out there, I was like, "Sharon!" Like, <laughs> on the way to the car, nobody heard me though. Thank God, nobody responded. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. For those of you that don't know or don't remember, I live in the middle of nowhere, so nobody should be answering me. Well, I complain about it every episode that you live in the middle of nowhere, so I hope they remember, especially because only like four people listen to this. So thank you, four people. You're the best. I love you. The fantastic four. Core four! Oh. I don't know what that reference is, but I like it because it rhymes. Oh, I can't tell you, actually, so. Is it a book I'm going to have to read? No. It's a movie you haven't seen. Oh, okay. It's not really a movie worth watching, in my opinion, but that's another story. <laughs> Deal. Back to okay. Sharon. So, this movie opens up with Rose, our leading lady, the mother, screaming Sharon a hundred times. They're looking around. They can't find her. Sharon is gone. Um, apparently, she sleeps, walk. Sleeps, walk. Sleep? start over apparently sharon sleepwalks and is out on the edge of this cliff that is near a giant waterfall um first of all who lives that close to a giant waterfall that is also right by a highway um sure they wrote it sure um but rose saves her as she's about to fall off the giant cliff uh because in her dream she saw a demon at the bottom and a little like glimpse of Silent Hill, but oh she's no, able to remember any of it. But I had a dream last night about a demon. No, now I'm gonna have to think about it. Actually, it was a full on nightmare. I woke up at four o'clock in the morning, like, oh man, and I was Are wondering why I was. I look too much like my mom. I don't think so. Okay, I am well. I am the only blonde though. Mm. You need to talk to your dad. No, thank you. <laughs> anyway, but Rose and Sharon uh have their thing. Sharon wakes up, or not really, she starts screaming Silent Hill and home like a crazed child. And then it cuts to like the next day where Rose and Sharon are in a field of grass leaning up a Against a tree, um, ticks anyway, but they're going on a road trip. 
because Rose says that the doctors are not working. Yeah, like that's... The meds are not doing anything for her. Yeah, it's... We get such little information really to set it all up. Um, and we did gloss over that Rada Mitchell plays Rose. And we've got Sean Bean in this movie playing Chris. Will he die? Who knows? But Sean Bean's here. Yeah. So Daddy Sean Bean is not really in agreement with Rose and is calling her. And apparently Rose has just kidnapped her own child and gone on a road trip to Silent Hill. And he finds this out by going into their, I'm assuming, shared MacBook and goes into the browsing history, which he knows very quickly how to do. So questionable. And sees Silent Hill, Ghost Town, and how there's still like underground fires burning from like a coal mine there and that nobody lives there. So not a great place to take your child on a real field trip. It's like West Virginia or something, right? Or is it regular Virginia? Yeah. I think it's West Virginia. Yeah. So it's the middle of nothing town. I think it's, you know, it's, it's a very quick setup. The movie wants us to get to Silent Hill really quickly and, I mean, they did a good job by letting us know that there was tension between the parents. Um, had they already specified in the movie that Sharon was their adopted daughter? Or is that a yeah. little bit of a reveal later? I can't remember. I think they talk about it on the phone when she says um, she's from West Virginia when they talk about Silent Hill. Oh, yeah. Because so uh, Rose is at a gas station with Sharon and Sharon's like in the backseat and then she talks to Chris because he figures out where she's gone. Yeah. So flip phones. Gotta love it. And flip phone on a necklace like thing. I remember people wearing those. Like it like clipped on the antenna thing. Yeah. So very I read somewhere that for um Rose's character, the actress, like they had like hundreds of like outfits for her. And so like they dirtied it little by little, so like you could barely tell. And that she also did not wash her hair the entire time during filming so that it would continue to get like greasier. And I'm like, I don't is that true? Because it feels unnecessary. I mean they have gel, they have things that can make your hair look like that i remember seeing something when jennifer lawrence was doing the hunger games that when she would leave set she'd be so tired that she'd just go to bed and then she'd come back with like all like the blood and dirt on her and they're like well continuity yeah (laughs) you don't have to fix anything so if it's fine i mean as long as you're filming in order why can't it be for her I bet for some things they were, but that's up to your AD and stuff. So whatever. Uh, Sharon is uh, sleeping in the backseat of the car. She's got weird little pictures. There was a cop on a motorcycle in the parking lot. And she just is staring down Rose, pumping gas, like giving weird looks 
Rose goes into the gas station and her card had been declined. So that's when she is talking to Chris because he shut her card off because he's like, get home right now. And she's like, no. So I kind of support <laughs> her for doing whatever she wants. But yeah. I, when I was rewatching it, I, I don't know if I missed, but I was like, why is this cop so all over Rose and so, Sharon? Like immediately she's like, mm, sus. I'm like, okay, calm down. Crazy. Yeah. Well, and I think the only, the cop noticed them because Rose was like, Hey, why did you change your pictures? Because they had all this like black on it now. And Sharon was like crying, like, mommy, I didn't do that. Why did I do that? Blah, blah, blah. And that's when the cop was like, what's going on? But also a few years ago, remember they keep talking about that dude that threw a kid down the mine vent and she stayed like, okay. A few years ago, a crazy dude took a child into Silent Hill, dropped him down a mine vent and Sybil, the cop, went found the kid and stayed with the kid for three days until they got rescued so she saved the kid from silent hill so i'm guessing she just has ptsd about children being dropped on mind vents well that's more of an answer than i had in my head so that's fine with me okay she's just cautious and because she tries to talk to sharon and sharon's like don't talk to strangers and rolls up the window. And she's like, good girl. Like, so why are you talking to her? Leave her alone. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, Sharon gets back, or I'm sorry, Rose gets back in the car to drive away. She's got her gas and everything. Then the cop is following her, and then the lights go on. Rose pulls over and the cop starts coming towards the car. Rose sees the street sign for Silent Hill and then just zooms off. And then Mm -hmm. we get a little cop motorcycle chase. And then we cross the bridge over into Silent Hill. Sharon's van. I was, why do I keep calling the mom Sharon? It just seems like Sharon should be a mom name. It really does. It's such an old lady name. So Rose drives through the little gate that separates the city from i guess the human realm and then blacks out on the impact so when she awake oh this um this scene is called a court of ash and sin um and if you've read sorry you'll understand anyway so rose awakens from uh likely a concussion and it's now like foggy outside and it's like raining ash she sees that sharon is missing so she starts to like run around and like look for her obviously yelling sharon everywhere but then she sees sharon like running away from her and at this point i would be pissed because i'm like we just got in a car wreck in your playing games like you're grounded young lady get your butt over here right now um but i did make i was like i wonder because you know how they say like your dog won't come to you and it keeps running away because you're chasing them maybe she should have ran in the opposite direction because they say your dog will chase you if you run away not mine mine would be like bye that's fair mongo doesn't even 
like I don't even exist if there's no fence or leash. I don't exist anymore. Was he loving the snow? Yeah, he's been outside constantly. I had to bring him in the other day because it's like the ice was like melting and he, it was getting nasty outside. But he loves it. Even when it was like two degrees, like I would open the door and he'd be like, no, thank you. No, thank well, you. I mean, you gave him the option. He's just like a humongous, fluffy dog. Yeah, I had to like force him to come inside every once for you hours because I'm like, just in case. <laughs> but they say, like, I think Yuri looked at that, like, the Malamute breed can like handle below zero easily. And I'm like, oh, he's mixed like with other stuff, but he should be fine. Well, you've got to take care of my boy. Yes, yes. So, uh, Sharon found uses her lighter. She found a man with a gas mask on, Rose and he's did. huh. Rose did. What I say, Sharon. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Let's not count how many times Rose calls out Sharon. Let's count how many times I fuck it up. Rich. I'm literally, I'm reading it. It says Rose uses her lighter, but I'm just, I don't know. This is an old woman. It should be Sharon to me. So if I ever say Sharon, I probably mean Rose for a long time because we're not going to see this kid for a while. So Rose uh, is, she has like a video game kind of lighter. Like she's got some flame on that thing. For real. And she's walking around this town and she finds herself after she's been meandering around that there is a man, well, half a man, okay. chained up like above her to this chain link fence. And he's wearing a gas mask, but then he like opens his eyes and is like breathing and it's gross and i think yeah. that rose has a really good scream for it because mm -hmm. i would also scream and then this is one of the things that gets me about the movie too is that there's whatever weird creatures you would come across in a video game that, like you have to beat to earn your treasure or your piece of knowledge or get to the next level they just kind of pop up and I'm not too much of an action person anyway, and it has no real bearing on the story. So I'm just like, oh, we get little ghosty, creature-y things that pop up, and then there's all of a sudden a multitude of them. So I'm just like, oh, hey, it just wastes screen yeah. time for me. I call them lava babies. Well, That's what they are to me. Do you but, lava yeah. those babies? I don't lava the lava babies. Okay. Yeah, and all of the monsters come out after you'll hear a siren go off and then everything just kind of like shifts and that's when the monsters appear and that's when you're not safe. So basically this realm has two time zones, safe and not safe. <laughs> and I don't know if, so the person controlling all of this is Alessa, who is the original scorned child right? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, is she allowing Rose to live through all of this? Because she makes very many narrow escapes. 
Hence, even from like the creepy lava babies, because they're chasing her down and she falls and they're like grabbing her and then they disappear and she passes out. And then when she wakes back up, they're gone. Everything is back to normal. It's not like rusty and melty anymore. Um, That's a good point because it's it's true. Alessa is kind of the game maker for lack of a better word of the entire realm so i i mean i wouldn't put it past her to know who enters the world so yeah because that's kind of what the i guess we're gonna come up upon her now dahlia the Alyssa's mother um so rose is running and she tries to leave town and at the edge of the town it's just a giant drop off, like end of the world cliff. And a mm-hmm. creepy woman, yeah, um, who is Alessa's mother, who only speaks in riddles the whole time. It's very annoying. Her name is Dahlia. She has nothing um, better to do. She's cursed to this realm. So she just found a way to entertain herself. I support yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, I think the crazy got to her, but it's okay. Uh, but she keeps like, she, she was talking about this all this cryptic stuff, referencing the dark one, which is Alessa. And then Rose is like, I'm looking for my daughter. Can you help me find her? And shows Dahlia a photo. And Dahlia's like, she's mine. That talk, like that child is mine. And Rose is like, what the fuck is wrong with this woman? Well, the a, a thing to discuss that's a little weird is Rose knows, Chris knows, I assume Sharon knows, and we know that Sharon is adopted. And it's already been revealed, like you mentioned, that Sharon is from Silent Hill. So it's odd to me a little bit how Rose is so, not defensive, but she tells Dahlia, like, it must be another girl or something. And I guess I wonder... Is she just saying that because she's so protective of her love for Sharon that she wants to kind of gaslight Dahlia? Because, of course, there's the possibility that this girl who's from here, who looks like this other lady's daughter, could be the same person. So is it just like a maternal thing? Like, no, she's mine? Oh, Or does she really think that it's not Dahlia's daughter? I don't know. I never even thought about that. Well, then it doesn't matter. Let's move on. You make a good point. I get get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rose leaves, and she goes back to her car, and she finds Sharon's pictures all strewn about. Um, She gets in the car, and she tries to call Chris, but it's so staticky, he only gets like every other word on his cell phone, like his voicemail. Like he gets like Silent Hill, help me, something else. That's it. Um, she tries to start the car, doesn't work. That's the point I was gonna make. Um, the reference that if Alessa wants you there, she will allow you to stay. But if she doesn't want you to leave, you cannot leave. Kind of like the elevator part when they're like, well, if she wants to, if she wants you, she'll let you down. Like, it'll work. 
So she really controls everything in this town. Well, and she um, keeps the men out as well. Yeah. Get she doesn't to... allow their saviors to come and be with, like, save them, basically. Oh, men. Can't do nothing right. Leave the saving the world to the men, girls? I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. So that is... That, well, that is what happens next. But first, we find that the cop, who is revealed as Sybil, who has a super short haircut, basically did everything that she could to look more masculine, but is still so feminine and beautiful with a perfect bone structure and the way that her cop belt just hangs off her hips. I was, <laughs> it was, it, I was watching it and I'm like... This is not the female gaze, but sure, no. she's a badass woman. Wink, wink. And she is, yeah. but it's how it was portrayed. I'm like, mm, no. Mm-hmm. I will say that, like, when I was a kid, and when we get to the part, like, with she, like, throws her helmet off and this is like oh my god she's so hot moment is what they were going for i i mean i fell for it yeah i wasn't even gay then who knew yeah i Um, bet you were well i didn't know but some part of you knew that's the most important part it's like i didn't know though yeah (laughs) i feel that way every time i open up my time hop and i'm like wow you're gay (laughs) Things I said 12 years ago. Oh, got it. Why did Katrina always wear cutoffs and uh, her belt buckle with jeans and boots all the time? Why was that her favorite outfit? Who knows? (laughs) I blamed it on living in a rural area, okay? Um, Well, that's how you got away with it for so long. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay, so Sybil shows up, puts Rose in handcuffs and is questioning her about the little girl because she has a PTSD from, you know, baby mind shafts. So we flip over to the other realm where Chris shows up in pouring rain stating, hey, that's my wife's car. And so he finds Detective Gucci he's introduced to. I love that name though. Um, it's odd. I love, how, I love how he's like walking with him, but doesn't share the umbrella at all. And it is pouring. <laughs> Notice pouring. that. Yeah. Sure. So Chris shows up on the bridge that Rose had crossed before she went through the gate. And we can see the car in that the gate is smashed open, but it just looks like a normal day. And the cop that comes up to Chris's door is like, you know, what's your business here? And he's like, that's my wife's car. He gets immediately taken, you know, a hundred feet across mm-hmm. the bridge to this other group of men. Everyone has an umbrella, but Sean Bean is just standing there dripping while his blonde locks drape over his brow. Taking it like a man. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So, Sybil, I don't really think that the handcuffing part really does much for this movie anyway. They're walking around trying to find their way back. And then Sybil won't listen to Rose because Rose is trying to tell her there's something not right here. She's like, yeah, right. What are you talking about, kid? I don't know why she had that accent. But um, 
they come across the end of the world and Sybil's like, what the fuck? Tries to use her radio. Can't do that either. And so they're turning around to walk the other direction when they, they see what they think is a human, but then gets closer and it's like an armless monster. Like it's a human form with no arms, no face, and it has a mouth in the torso with teeth. He's hungry. Was, yeah. And she's like yelling at the the it to like stop. I'm like, bro, do you see ears on this thing? Because I don't. <laughs> uh, so it like spits acid on her and it starts like eating away at her like leather cycle stuff and her helmet. So she throws off her helmet super dramatically in her coat and shoots it and just has this like steamy eye look like this was definitely supposed to be like a oh shit the cop is hot moment who cares not me bless you i think i threw my back out when i see this (laughs) welcome to your 30s listen that happened to 29 don't even (laughs) (laughs) it was preparing you it was not nothing new (laughs) so now both sybil and rose know that there's danger afoot and they're gonna have to stick together if they want to solve whatever is going on and make it through alive spoiler alert they won't yeah no but also that's not what even rose does she runs away (laughs) yeah in handcuffs yeah she's like duck running like shoulder shaking like (laughs) beep 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 (laughs) yeah uh so this is where like the real video gamey stuff starts because she finds a map of the town and is trying to find the school because that's the what was on the picture that Sharon left. So side quest one, find the school. Uh side quest like two or three because we found the mom and then we mm. found like that there's danger in the town with the like gas mask man and the lava babies. So Fair enough. Okay, but you're also, you do, like, actually play video games and, like, real video games. I played one video game a hundred times. So. Yeah, and for this episode, I really wanted to, like, play the Silent Hill game. But trying to find it um, and find one that was Xbox was expensive and impossible. So I did not do it. Um, But someday, maybe. This is one of those where it's like, oh, you got to follow your map to blah, 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 blah. So that's where it was like, oh, yeah, this is, you feel it. Yeah. Um, We cut to Chris and he and the detective are now in Silent Hill driving through. Um, It is sunny there and wet because it had been raining a bunch. And we learned that Detective Gucci's father was from there. And when they were talking about, like, the fire and all of that, uh, Detective Gucci was like, some of them deserved it. Dun, dun, dun! Oh, but who? We will find out. Rose finally finds the school. She can read a map. Good for her. And she's, like, rummaging through all their stuff. She picks up a flashlight. She's just running around. I don't even know what she's looking for. She doesn't know what she's looking for. And sees some, like, masked up men, kind of like that one that was, like, hanging earlier with, like, a canary in a cage. She freaks out 
They start chasing her. And when she runs away, she finds like a desk with handprints on it. So everything's covered in ash. So obviously this is where Sharon was. And it says witch on it. So now Sharon's, she sees Sharon running again. So now she knows where to go because she's following the stupid child that's running away and um, stops in a really big bathroom. Considering like the size of this town, why is this school so big? And why is this bathroom so ginormous? Because they had to fit a camera rig in it. I guess so. Um, Rose starts going through like all the stalls looking for Sharon. And when she reaches the last one, it's this dead, grotesque, like bent in half in a circle with barbed wire all around him. Very creepy. With a guy, janitor guy with the name tag Colin. Um, and on the wall it says, if you're if you dare, and it had an arrow. And so Rose dared and she grabbed so, like I think it was like a clue for the hotel out of his mouth. First of all, gross. Don't don't touch things. But don't very video gamey. Like yeah. It's 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 one of those things that in the sense of the movie, because it's not very movie-ish, it's kind of anticlimactic for me in a way, because I, mm-hmm. I'm i taken out of the story by the, I don't know, the method that you're doing it. It's like, oh, I forgot that I'm in a movie and I care because you're just dotting around these mm-hmm. extra things. And I understand yeah. them. I just don't get into it. Like, really, the things that I like are, like, my favorite part is the end scene in the church. Because it actually has, like, some meaning and action to it that's relevant to what's happening and impacts the characters at present. Yeah, Rose has got to be, like, a marathon runner or something. Because that's all she does. She is just a run- track star. She just runs around this whole town following clues, basically. So. I will give it to her. She gets her clue from Colin. She gets her clues and then detects what she's supposed to do fairly quickly. Yeah. She's not, you know, like when you're even in horror movies where like there's a group and even if they get some kind of clue, they all have to like stand around and argue around it. Rose just makes yeah. decisions. She knows stuff. She was cut out to be a mother. And for that, I applaud her. Yeah. She, she doesn't care. She's going to do what she's got to do. No questions asked. Yeah. So even though the fact that all this is happening is her fault because she was obsessed with her child's backstory instead of just putting the girl into some serious therapy instead of pills. Would the therapy and pills have worked? Probably not because it was something supernatural. Okay. Well, that could just be applied to any kid and you might have to go to therapy more than a few times. Rose finds her clue for the hotel, but now she tries to leave and the masked men are now found her and they're trying to break down the door. She's locking it. But during all of this, the siren goes off. And you know what that means? Nothing. Monsters. 
Um, and so everything starts like melting upwards. I don't know if that makes sense visually and like turns to rust. That's basically everything that's here is just metal and rust and like veiny blood things sometimes. I don't know. But we hear something and then lo and behold, Colin is crawling towards Rose doing the weirdest tongue thing I've ever seen. The things, he touches the wall, some veiny poppy things come out and then like beetles start. If you've ever seen The Mummy, it's kind of like that. Oh, God. Yeah. They're bad beetles. They're not good. Uh, And when she runs out of the bathroom, all of the masked men are getting eaten by the beetles, basically. So she's running and she just like, she takes a pause and then sees Pyramid Head uh appear so she hears some like metal scratching and then looks over and there's this giant seven foot muscly man with like a seven foot sword and a metal pyramid on his head keep talking Uh, keep talking yeah that's rachel's boyfriend (laughs) uh and just a note apparently the actor was wearing like 15 inch heels for this and i'm like that's drag if i've ever seen it get a girl all the beetles are like following him so now she has to run away and in this part we get like a really cool shot of it's a back and forth between chris who's searching for rose and rose who's like running away from all these monsters and this kind of like verifies that they're in the same place at the same time but they cannot see each other because rose runs down um and passes chris when he looks around and he's like, I swear I smelled Rose. Like I smelled my wife. And, and so I he like loved that. Yeah. I so like he knows that. And like her perfume or something. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. I wish somebody would care about me enough to recognize me. <laughs> what about my perfume? Yeah. So Chris is freaking out. And then like the door opens and shuts. And so he goes in there. They can't find her. And the detective's like, bro, you're crazy. Put your mask on. Because if you breathe enough of these toxic gases, you'll go crazy and die, most likely. Um, Me buying a ticket to Silent Hill, West Virginia. <laughs> already already. Just start. <laughs> <laughs> so Rose is having a little baby breakdown. Uh, and Sybil finds her and drags her into like a room. So, but now they're trapped. Which like she saved her, but then also doomed her. Um, takes the handcuffs off, and then Pyramid Head, his sword goes through this like thick metal door like butter. I'm telling you. And then the bugs start coming in. They're freaking out. The th- sword is like slashing. But then he takes the sword out and all the bugs start dying and he just walks away. And this is the part where I was like, I think Alessa is letting her live on purpose. Like, there's no rhyme or reason for it to just end so perfectly every single time, in my opinion. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, it builds tension. But yeah, you're right. Like, because they just, like, because they just walk away, Mm -hmm. it's... Well, and in a video game, you have to pass certain levels. 
So it's, or if you die, you just restart. <laughs> yeah, would have been funny. Every time she dies, she just restarts. Like Jumanji. Yeah. <laughs> she just comes back and she's like, wow. You get three lives. Oh, that's a really good video game movie. Jumanji. Yeah. That is, yeah. yeah. I yeah. love Jumanji that Jumanji is what a video game movie should be. Where it knows it's a video game. It's meta. Like where it's like, it knows it's a video game and the characters know it's a video game and we know it's a video game. Yeah. And then you get action and comedy and romance mm-hmm. and whimsy and even like those monsters are good. Welcome mm-hmm. to Jumanji. And like it's my favorite. I don't know who you would consider an NPC in Silent Hill. Maybe like all of the other characters in Silent Hill. Like I would consider the mother like uh Dahlia. You know what I mean when I say NPC? Yeah, but I uh I mean uh a little NPC, but kind of sidekick-ish. Uh the cult in the church minus the lady is an NPC. Mm-hmm. Um I mean Dahlia only answers in riddles and she doesn't even answer the questions somebody's asking. Her. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I guess, you know, by non-player character, sure, everybody is besides mm-hmm. Sybil and Rose. But Dahlia is more important, and so is the church lady. Yeah, Christabella. So, Christabella, which I saw something, and I know that we haven't met her yet, but I saw something that it's like, that's not even who that person is in the video game. They just combined two different names and then added something to the mm-hmm. movie. So They made her a great villain. I guess. She's evil. I don't like her. No. I dislike her. No. Like, and I'm like a villain girl, and I'm like, mm, I don't like it. Yeah. So, good well, job. This is his, uh, welcome to Hotel Hell. So, Rose and Sybil decide they're going to go look for Sharon at the hotel because they found a rock key thing. I don't know. And we cut back to Chris, who is having the detective tell him that he needs to stay away. Um, And so Chris decides he's going to look into things for himself. He's not going to let some detective tell him what he can and cannot do. Yeah, I mean, he's Sean Bean. He can do whatever he wants. He's Ned fucking Stark. Let him go. Let him cook. Yeah. So Chris decides he's going to break in to the Brams archives. Brams? Brams? I don't know. Um... I don't care. And yeah. And I'm like, good for him because I wouldn't even know where to start because it's just a bunch of boxes with files. But basically, he finds a report on a girl who looks exactly like Sharon, um, the who had like third degree burns and everything like that. But it was like for 30 years ago. So hint, hint. But uh, Rose and Sybil back at the hotel find a drawing of a girl burning. Uh, in like the slot for room 111. So they go to try and find it. It's covered by a giant painting of a like girl burning at the stake, basically, like being burnt. Yeah. And, and in they, this movie, they call it cleansing or purifying. Which fire does purify, but that's not and also, the purpose that we're using it for. And according to Dahlia, what she say? Fire doesn't always cleanse. Sometimes it blackens. So. Dun, dun, dun. So, 
uh, Rose and Sybil, they ran across a redheaded girl. Her name is Anna, but she is just redhead to me. Uh, and she was throwing rocks at people and she was saying her own creepy things like sinners deserve to lose their spawn and Christabella keeps us safe. So Christabella is the church lady we will meet that mm -hmm. is a villain for sure. And then we've got Rose and Sybil who are just kind of taking in the fact that like, they're very aware that they're in like some weird situation, like even keeping out of like the little action cutscenes that we get the moments where they're just doing their investigations. It's like the other danger doesn't really exist. So that's just like the terror doesn't carry over mm -hmm. kind of a thing, but they're still working on this mystery, but they're just doing whatever. And they hear not Sharon as Katrina put it in the notes, starts crying and then, um, <laughs> I thought this was a funny note. Rose does some stupid, crazy parkour. For what, though? Really? Just yell. Are you okay? And you're good. But No need to do that. She gets whatever. And then we see what we will learn is Alessa, who looks like Sharon, played by the same actress. So, you know, they're, they're the same girl. And she says my favorite set of last words look what i can do and then she shows rose her burning and then she uses a little rope swing that's around it's more parkour it's just like a weird thing yeah and then it, rose unnecessary yeah so rose kind of figures out what Katrina has been saying the whole time is that Alessa is the one causing everything and she's kind of in control of this little realm that they're in. And then was it Anna who says like, mm -hmm. we don't say her name. Yeah. So everybody knows who Alessa is. And I guess it's been a whole day that Rose and Sybil have been there. Right. Probably. Yeah. I would think so. So who they've come across, like this is the first like real bit of information that's not just go to another location to get another cutscene of information. And then all these birds start flying away. And Anna says, the darkness is coming. So Rose and Sybil follow Anna back to the church when the siren goes off. Mm -hmm. so we, we know will, something we else will. <laughs> it, uh, Patrick Star we will, we will, <laughs> we will. that's what they should have done was that episode out by the time this movie I, came out probably I, no idea. I don't know Spongebob started in like 99 or something like that so I feel like they had ample there was, opportunity there was time. We will. anyway I got it nope I gotta focus keep going keep going we woo, we woo. <laughs> it's like, which, which one do you want me to keep going on? Uh, so Rose and Sybil, they're following Anna. They go back to the church. Rose pauses outside of the church. And we see there's a bunch of people running in. The sirens are going off. Everyone's like losing their minds, going crazy. And then they see one of Sharon's drawings. Yeah, so... Rose recognizes that, oh, this church was a drawing that, like, Sharon had made. 
And I'm like, cool, but keep moving because you're going to die. Well, but she, someone does. She would die. However, Anna is trying to get everybody in and push Rose and Sybil towards the door while there's a bunch of other people trying to run into the church. And Anna starts shouting, like, they are deceivers. They are damned. And, of course, we don't know what any of that means. But then my boyfriend shows up, stalking up the stairs. It's very dramatic. And he picks up Anna, her whole body, with one hand. And then he just grabs at her, her chest, or is it her throat? It's like her, like, he rips off her clothes, and then he, like, grabs her chest, like, here, yeah. Yeah, like, and grabs- just twists. And, like, literally, take like, from one hand, one movement, grabbing her in the middle of her chest, rips her entire skin off. Not like tearaway pants that we used to wear in the 90s, where, like, the back flaps would come. Like, no, the whole thing comes off. And it's just, like, ugh, hot, but, like... Yeah. And he makes a point to like throw it at the church doors. Like he throws her skin at the church doors. And as they're closing, Rose and Sybil are covered in blood. It's a little hot. It's a little not. It's gross, Rachel. It's gross. Power move. (laughs) Also, definitely a talent. Like, how many times do you have to skin somebody like that to like perfect it? Well, it's like scream, like, how do you gut someone? Well, you take a knife and you slit them from groin to sternum. And everyone's like, it's gross. It's like, well, how would you know that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. But there's no uh, big reveal with Pyramid Head. You see him and you're like, mm, he's bad. Bad, yeah. bad, bad. So, unfortunately, I don't get my mystery about him. Aw. We have now come into what I have called the cunty cult church scene. Because it's definitely a cult. Oh, Um, yeah. So, Rose and Sybil are now covered in blood. And when they turn around, they're met with, like, a swarm of townspeople that are, like, all in gray and black and dressed, like, dressed for church, but, like, also a funeral. Um, And they keep calling her them both like witches and evil blah 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 and Christabella starts coming through and she's cold because this Anna's mother is like they got Anna killed and Christabella's like that's not their fault that's not their problem Anna was stupid which um we kind of appreciate a logical villain I mean yeah she knew better it's been 30 years. She knew better. Um, oh, and then so Christabella's sidekick is what I would co- is uh Rachel's lover boy. Why? You didn't see him? I thought I had you didn't see head. Adam Driver. No, Adam Driver was in this movie. No, he is not. <laughs> Do you know which guy I'm talking about? I have no idea, honestly. I kind of black out. I'll send you a photo of him. At this point in time, I have found an image. I actually went to Netflix, 
fast forwarded, paused it, and then took a photo and sent it to Rachel on Snapchat so she could see Adam Driver, her boyfriend in Silent Hill, and I could prove it to her. So okay. she is about to open it right now. Okay, well, keep calling Adam Driver my boyfriend, but manifest that. Full love for okay. his wife. I support that they have a marriage and two kids and they're totally in love, but he's also my boyfriend. So, okay. I'm, I just know that whatever is in this picture is Katrina being mean to me. So here I am opening it. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I screenshot it so we can make that the episode thing. <laughs> you <laughs> you're not wrong okay. i'm like can, you can't say that he doesn't a little bit just he looks like adam driver slash snape slash billy from hocus pocus <laughs> yeah and i'm not delusional enough to say that he slash... doesn't fucking rude so uh rose and sybil are in the church and obviously when you're being called evil and you're a witch the most incriminating thing you could do for yourself is to say that you are not evil and that you're not a witch which is you know yeah you're damned well, if you do damned if you don't but and, at, at least we've got Christabella yeah. to be like nah calm down which is strange for her because she's very quick to call somebody a witch oh this next little clip I call uh, Nunya Business so Chris visits the orphanage that Sharon came from. And when he talks to the nun, she says that she's not able to give out any information on the children now. And he makes a comment of like, she must be 40 now. Because apparently the child who burned was 10 at the time. And now it's 30 years later. So he's thinking that the photo of Alessa is Sharon's mother. And the nun says her story isn't hers alone, but all of ours, which is another dun, dun, riddle. Dun. Like, can people just speak plainly? Um, but then the detective shows up and is like, why are you roughhousing a nun here? Eh? But he sees the photo of Sharon and is like, oh, we're going to have to handcuff this guy. He's going to, this is bad now. Because he didn't know that his daughter was Alessa slash Sharon. But basically, and Detective Gucci is like talking to him and just shows him like scars on his hands, which mean nothing to Chris. Like, well, they mean a little something to me. I know a, a little guy with a dark secret who has scars on his hand. <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> on Books and Boobs, episode one, coming soon. Mm -hmm. Um. So this next scene is called It's Going Down Down. Sugar, we're going down swinging. <laughs> You're so funny. Thank you. I try very hard. No, um, all the, your scene titles are top notch. Like, I'm so impressed and happy every time. Thank you. Uh, so we cut back to Rose, who is talking to Christabella about, like, I need help finding my daughter. Somebody help me. And truly, her only response is, well, only the demon knows where she is. Because the demon is controlling everything. Dun, dun, dun. She is so quick to throw her to the demon and be like, well, perhaps your faith will protect you because 
Rose doesn't really claim to be religious. And then as they're leaving, Rose tries to give Sybil an out so that she doesn't have to go with her. And the only thing Sybil really says is, mother is God in the eyes of a child, which has been, which is said a couple times in this movie. So they really mean it. It's very poignant. And I would imagine if the director had changed a few of those important story elements, like making the main character a woman and things like that, like, I would imagine that this was an added line. And I think that that's a really great metaphor. I mean, I love my mommy and, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't do anything without her. I'm, I'm very dependent on my mommy. I love her very much. So I just think that especially over the course of the story and what we're about to find out that it's a really good line and it's something that, you know, makes it relatable and it makes it more than just a video game turned movie. Yeah. And throughout this, like the only soft spot that Alessa has is for her quote unquote mothers, mm-hmm. you know, which I don't know if it makes Alessa a mother because Sharon was born of her innocence. Like, so is Alessa technically the mother of Sharon? Uh, or is Dahlia still the mother of Sharon because Dolly? I don't know. Doesn't matter. It's not important. Just a thought. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on. <laughs> but they go to the hospital and Christabella is telling Rose that be careful because the demon wears the face of an innocent and what they mean she means as a child and tells her, hey, memorize this map. It's probably going to be your only saving grace. Like, well, they don't have, why don't they have a map on every single level? Huh? It's, it's the same reason that they have people ripping skin off. We're in a different time. I guess, I guess. Sure, sure. But Rose is studying the map, going like left, left, right, left, left. I would be lost. Never. Well, um, that's like another funny thing, like Jumanji, like the thing they're like, left, right, uppercut, left, right, B, A, Y, six, blah, blah, blah. So like, that's that's like a funny, I'll take a video game joke. Yeah. I love jokes. So. They open up the elevator so that she can go down, but obviously there's no power. But uh, Christabella says, if the demon wants you, then she'll let you in, basically. And Christabella had picked up her necklace Rose's necklace earlier and said we're such scavengers I'm sorry and handed it to her but then saw Sharon's picture in the locket and then obviously she goes witch Sybil has to like fight all these men to save her so Rose ends up in the elevator by herself crashing down and Sybil is left to fend for herself and gets beaten to a pulp goodbye 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 Thank you, you for your service. The whole sky. My favorite part about that, though, is like she has her gun and then she like points it at Christabella and clicks it, but it's empty. And Christabella's like, <laughs> gotcha. Okay, then we will. We're going to have a great time. Anyway, Sybil's getting her ass beaten and Rose is descending at the speed of light to the watery bowels of the hospital. No, 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 no. They call it the bowels of the hospital. I just added watery in front. Nobody should add watery in front of bowels. <laughs> just say diarrhea. Just say <laughs> I got my tummy hurts. <laughs> 
you know, the, <laughs> when I, I somewhat can see it because like when I get really nervous, I get very gassy or I have to poop. So <laughs> you can say I get airy bowels. And I don't get watery bowels. I get airy bowels when I'm nervous. So to be honest, yeah. since we're all we're all girls here, if <laughs> I'm if I ever actually verbalize to you that my tummy hurts or my stomach hurts or I feel like my period's coming on, I just want you to know I am fighting for my life. <laughs> Like, it's not a cute thing. Like it's like I, if I'm saying it, that means I'm struggling. I'm about ready to die. I might as well just take a pillow and blanket into the bathtub and wait there for the Lord to take me. <laughs> so no. it's so annoying every time fucking Farah in a Court of Thorns and Roses like my bowels turned watery and it's like <laughs> go sit down, bitch. Yeah, maybe get that looked into. You know now. I'm sure they got fairy doctors. Well, and also, one. what's the point of being a fairy and, like, being more beautiful and living longer when you're still just going to throw up all night? It's like, what's mm. the point? Yeah, and, like, their periods twice a year, but, like, you're, like, On getting gutted. Sword. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, I feel like I'm getting gutted and I get that 12 times a year, so. Yeah. Back I'll say that to... for the Books and Boobs podcast, how I yeah. feel about the Archeron sisters, a three-part tale about how I hate them all. Back to today's, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Back to whatever I was talking about. Um, Rose gets to the bowels of the hospital. As you guessed it, it's creepy and it's dark. <laughs> She's making her way downtown. Walking, walking fast. <laughs> faces no no faces because the she comes across a bunch of nurses that have no faces um and she's uh, not homebound yet either all of these nurses are in okay first of all time froze in like the 1970s right and these nurses have basically been there for 30 years but like why are there so many so much titty for a 1970s nurse listen like because they're just out there I mean, I'm not mad. Don't. I needed mad. a reason to keep watching. So the nurses were the reason. They it uh, bridged the gap between my boyfriend, my other boyfriend, and the end. So <laughs> there you go. I really did like this nurse scene, though. The flashlight that she has, they're reacting to it, like they're trying to go towards it, but they all have like scalpels in their hand and are deathly violent for any reason. Like, you breathe on them, they're going to slice your throat. So, she turns off the flashlight. And before this, they, like, are walking towards her really creepy. Fun fact. uh, The way that they made it was that they had the actresses walk backwards. And then they reversed it to have them walk forward. So, that's why it looks funny, creepy. Does that make sense? It's a good, good trick. Yeah. So, she's... Going in and out between all these nurses, and then one of them feels or sees her and starts slashing, and they're all attacking each other. And then she leaves the flashlight. They all start, they're like moths. They just start on the flashlight. Like you mentioned, if they've been there since 1970s in the watery bowels of this hospital, they're, I, I'm just 
I'm just throwing it out there. I'm giving it an excuse. So they saw the light. So they were just all trying to go toward the light and get out of the hellhole. I mean, honestly, can't blame them. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there, whether it works yeah. or whether it doesn't. I don't even care. I'm just saying. I just yeah. wanted to have an opinion. Rose goes into this hospital room and the whole screen turns white, like angelic white for some reason. It hurt my eyeballs. But this scene is called, I couldn't decide. Uh, it's obviously, this is the villain origin story. But then I also called it, um, the devil went down to Virginia and she was hoping to make a deal. Because this is, thank you. This is the backstory that we get of Alessa and basically everything that there is. Rose gets into the room. Somebody says, congratulations, Rose. The demon, not Alessa. So this whole time, the little thing running around has been like the demon that is Alessa. It's it's confusing. Um, But she explains that Alessa was a good girl, but because she didn't have a father... And the mother wouldn't say who the father was, that she was not pure, basically. Um, she was abused by the creepy Colin dude. Christabella wanted to cleanse Alessa because Dahlia wouldn't say who the father was. And by that, they meant burn her. So all that makes the people, most sense. Yeah. Uh, therapy. Sure. But all of these people show up to watch a child be burned. Like they all go to the hotel where Alessa had shown and are just watching this child burn to death. But the chain breaks, catches things on fire. And that's what starts the whole underground fires, basically, of this town. We see Detective Gucci show up and he burns his hands trying to get Alessa out. They put her in the hospital and her hate grew so strong. Um, that's when the demon came and said, if you make a deal with me, I'll make sure you get your revenge. And revenge she got. Yeah. So. And then the nurse that was crying over her, Alessa, yoinked her. Yeah. She was not very nice. Which is sad because, you know, and then we can just spin this into when you focus only on pain and hurt and revenge you hurt those who want to help you oh mm-hmm. we'll learn how to do sound effects one of these days but it's not today uh, <laughs> that would have been great for one this is now deal with the devil child so rose awakens from this storyline that's been given to her that she's been shown and starts talking to the demon which is the dark part of alessa And she explains that Sharon is what was left of Alessa's innocence. And they sent her out into the world to be innocent, I guess. Um, That didn't really work out very well since the girl was just trying to get back to her hometown. They just drag her back. I mean, Hannah Montana said it best. You'll always find your way back home. Hmm. Even though Taylor Swift wrote that song, but Hannah Montana sang it famously. So I didn't really watch Hannah Montana, to be honest. Okay, I'm sorry that you don't have any joy in your life. I never said it was a good or bad thing. I just I didn't get your reference. I'm sorry. That's why I told you. I'll, I'll always tell you. What my I appreciate references it. Are. I love to talk about my references. Good for you, true writer. So the demon says, "All we want is satisfaction because they can't get no satisfaction." And Rose decides to make the deal, and they hug on it, which is weird for a demon deal, but whatever. 
Um, but we see Christabella's henchmen steal Sharon away because Dahlia was hiding and protecting her. And then we also see Detective Gucci send Chris away, like puts him in a car, gives him his the keys and says, get the fuck out of here. Bye. Yeah. Um, I do want to mention that the the demon hug, it's in the form of Alessa. And as they're hugging, the demon like steps inside of Rose. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting thing because then it's like, well, does that mean that she is the demon? And that, that means she's also Alessa and Sharon, like those spirits. But I think it was just like a video game imagery yeah. kind of a thing. Because basically what she she couldn't the reason that all of these townspeople are still alive is because the demon says they're in denial and so she can't get to them because they deny what they did they deny their guilt she's using rose as a way to get into the church and to reveal the truth that's what she has to do is reveal the truth the truth Um, shall set you free in death this scene is now called uh, Extra Crispy Cop. I wonder what happens. <sighs> we'll find out. So we see they're in the church and all the townspeople are like prepping a big fire. Sharon is wiggling in the most awkward way possible. She's being held by Rachel's boyfriend. And we see Sybil is tied to a really tall ladder. And she's like, it'll be fine, Sharon. It'll be fine. Not for you. Christabella says cleanse that bitch and she gets burnt yeah they have her like tied up on the ladder and they have it on like a pulley system in the little atrium so they can lean the ladder forward and it's like resting forward in the center but it's got like the pulley rope straddled back so Mm -hmm. it keeps her set so she's just like hovering over the fire and then her skin starts bubbling and boiling and then she just burns and it's so gross and like her eyes disintegrate like it's Mm -hmm. it's yucky and i do truly feel like being burned is probably one of the worst ways to go yeah because really she suffocates to death because it's like she's right over the fire and all she's getting is smoke but she's also burning like boiling which you could Basically, it's how you would cook a marshmallow, like right above the flame, but you don't want to end the flames. And then when it catches on fire, you kind of like blow it out. Basically what happened to her. Well, I think I'm a really good marshmallow cooker and I keep it super close and I'm just turning it constantly. I like my marshmallows more than toasty, but not charred. So it's a little bit of a process. And then the marshmallow kind of expands and it's just Mm -hmm. starts to get all drippy and it's just a little bit more than golden brown. And then you just smack it on the gram. It's delicious. I go away from the flames. I go into like the coals, like above the coals, away from the flames, and I'll twist it. And then once it starts getting like light golden brown, I eat it. I don't, I hate the, I hate it burnt. I don't want it brown. I honestly, it's more golden than it is golden brown. Basically, raw. Like the inside is still somewhat firm, but the outside is melty and it's great. I love it. You know what? You gotta have your marsh however you want it. That's right. Marsh your own mallow. Comment on how you like your marshmallows cooked. They're getting ready to... So, Sybil is dead. They're getting ready to now burn Sharon. She did. Yeah. (laughs) And 
Rose breaks in to the church. And I feel like with this demon inside her, she's just gotten this new lease on life and is like, I'm a badass now. Because like her whole demeanor changes. Like she's pissed because she sees Sybil burnt, dead up on the ladder. And then she also sees Sharon about to get burned. And she goes, not my baby. Not my so, daughter, you bitch. Tell him. That's from Harry Potter. I've never seen that particular movie, but it's from Harry Potter. Sharon's about to get close. Uh-huh. I say through a yawn. Yeah. Rose says no. Yeah. Rose breaks in and she's basically trying to tell these people what they did. Like, you burned Alessa and now you're getting, you got what you give, right? And they don't, she gets like slapped, she gets punched in the face, and she just keeps walking. Like, doesn't even react. And a demon's blood. But basically, she gets into it with Christabella and screams, God's not here. So Christabella stabs her, is like, I had to. She was a blasphemer. And all the townspeople are like, yeah, that's fair. And what happened was, is that the, the blood, though, because the demon was in her released the demon into the church so now yep yep here's where this gets real real good um so rose's blood starts to bring in the darkness so they say and this next scene is called bed bound and beyond good one thank you rose starts bleeding an obscene amount but it's black and we see like the floor fall away and then something coming up through the bowels of the church. Turns out it's Alessa in her hospital bed being like floated up by barbed wire. Yeah. And she's still and- all like wrapped up in her burn gauze and stuff. Mm-hmm. She's like healed, but still like can't do much. Like she doesn't move. Only her eyes move. She doesn't speak. And her barbed wire does her talking for her. But then miraculously, Rose is healed from her stab wound. She goes to find Rose or Sharon, like hundreds, if not thousands of barbed wire comes out. And she starts like grabbing people, mainly Christabella, and like has her up in the air, grabs her arms, grabs her legs. Um, and then this part ooh, makes you clench every time. The, we see the barbed wire go up between Christabel's legs into her coochie, we assume, and then out the rest of her body. And then it rips her in half. And then the little baby demon is like dancing in her blood that's raining down. So she got her satisfaction, I would say. Yeah, and it's a very feminine crime thing, similar to like hunting Adeline, which Katrina just read. With the you know what going in the you know where. Yep. I think it works for the movie. I think it's very visually dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it's a good kill. I mean, yeah, it's it's very iconic. It's, it's memorable for sure. So it's uh as a woman watching it, obviously it hurts a little bit more, but the the movie is so male focused in imagery i'm sure that it was probably pretty gross for them too yeah <laughs> i was just thinking <laughs> it'd be funny it was like oh me on my period <laughs> i mean that's what it feels like you know you get the little prickles 
stabbing under your pains. vulva and then bleeding everywhere yeah and i mean sometimes your booty hole hurts for no reason yeah yep when you when you Ugh. said the, the literal it's like up her coochie i'm like i'm pretty sure something else happened too and i'm like you know what girl i get it yeah it's like when you're on your period and you gotta like it's just you get random it's like a demon demon stabbing you in the butthole like this yeah yeah. And you you know what? If you're in public or if you're at work, you have to pretend like it's not happening. Yeah, and it goes on for like 15 seconds. And like you can make it the 15 seconds, but it's the worst 15 seconds. And you can't, it's like I still have to focus and do other things while this thing is stabbing me in the asshole. And cool. It's like, mm-hmm. and for anybody <laughs> who's listening, especially a man, um, we're not exaggerating. This is just how it feels, but society has pressured women into us just having to grin and bear it meanwhile you guys get tapped on the junk and you're on the floor so man the fuck up i really love the videos of men wearing the like period um yep the period simulator things yes because they get to like level six which is an average woman's pain and they're most of them are like sweating they're like, I would call in sick to work. I wouldn't even be able to work. And they can't even have a full-on conversation. And the, they'll do it with the girlfriend. Like, I love that. And the girl's like, I'm fine. She's like, yeah, yeah, usually it gets worse. And like, I, I did watch one where I think it, it was like a, a guy who tapped out at like six or seven and the girl got to a 10. And she's like, it hurts, but this is, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh yeah, this is really bad. Like, unfazed, though, in her face. So, it just goes to show you. And it's been proven women can tolerate more pain than men can. Yeah, but nobody wants to elect as president. Okay. Fair. Nobody wants Barbie. Yeah. Don't even get me started with Barbie and the Golden Globes. Don't get me started with Barbie and the Oscars right now. Ugh. Was that what I meant? Uh, Well, the Oscar nominations came out today, and neither Margot Robbie nor Greta Gerwig were nominated for Best Actress and Best Director. So not only did they create a phenomenal franchise, I mean, franchise in the sense of everything surrounding it, a billion-dollar movie done by a woman, and it doesn't get anything. Like, it got Best Picture. Um, Ryan Gosling got Best Supporting Actor. But it's like, well, that's, like, the whole point is that these women right, put in just- there information and a man got the nod america ferrera did get nominated as supporting Mm -hmm. actress and she really deserves that i think that she was super phenomenal but it's just like did you even watch the movie did you get the point of it at all i think they're proving the point literally yeah so it yeah greta gerwig absolutely deserved it it's just it's insane and it was infuriating and i was sitting there like feeling like i was personally insulted by it Anyway, all that to say, periods suck. She got ripped in half. She's dead. She was a bad person. Can't say she didn't deserve it. She'd killed a lot of people. She'd burned and purified a lot of people, I'm sure. Rose finds Sharon, saves her, covers her eyes, so she doesn't have to witness all the things. But... And then, yeah, Sharon peeks and sees the demon and passes out anyway, so... Win-win. Cool. Yeah, it worked. So Rose is carrying Sharon. They're walking out of the church and they see Dahlia. And Dahlia survived everything because 
Sharon slash Alessa didn't want to kill her mother. And we get the line again, mother is God in the eyes of a child. So I do think that that was really sweet as an ending. Like, even though Sharon is leaving with Rose, Dahlia still gets like a little bit of closure. Sharon hops back in the car, no PTSD just yet. Uh, And then Katrina's note, she's all too happy to get in the car and suck her thumb and go to sleep. And I'm like, well, you know what? Sure. It's a road trip. What else are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah, you got to self-soothe after all that. So they start up the car. They head home. It's super foggy the whole way. Uh, Chris is at home and he gets another staticky voicemail from Rose. And the girls arrive back at the house and everything is still foggy. And they get inside, but they don't see that Chris is laying on the couch and Chris hears the door open and he wakes up and he looks and sees the door, but it's not foggy. So we kind of yeah. get the revelation, wink, wink, that um, they are still in different realms. And will they ever be together again? I don't know, because I'm not going to watch the sequel. <laughs> I can I can tell you what happens in the sequel. I don't think it's a spoiler. But you can tell everybody who's listening. Basically, in Silent Hill Revelation, um, it's about Sharon as an 18-year-old and her father, Chris, still running away from Silent Hill. So basically, Rose finds a, a talisman or something that allows Sharon to go back to the normal realm of the world with her father. So single father and Sharon grow up doing things and then end back up in silent hill somehow and i don't know that i see rose i don't remember i've watched it once didn't really love it but rose stays stuck and some people assume that it's because alessa wants to keep her mother in silent hill with her i don't know i guess so sure i'll buy it yeah i don't know i whatever it's the way they wrote it. Yeah. I mean, overall, not my particular style of movie, but I get what they're trying to say. And I really do like the themes of motherhood and femininity and like the quote unquote witch hunt that we unfortunately mm-hmm. suffer as a species. So I'm down with that. I I give it, you know, five out of 10. Could have been worse. Could have been I... incident in a ghost land. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I think this movie, like, it was one of those movies that, like, I really liked as, like, when I was younger. And now that I'm older, I'm like, eh. it's still, like, like you say, you have your comfort movies. I'm like, I could watch this whenever. Well, that's totally fine. That's my birthday pick. And this is my birthday movie because Tremors was not streaming anywhere. I know. I think I really would have enjoyed Tremors. It's got Kevin Bacon, what's not to enjoy, and Reba McIntyre. You're right. Fancy don't fail me now. Um, but anyway, maybe for my birthday next year, we'll do Tremors. Well, if it goes on streaming before that, we can discuss. Um, we yeah. do have to pick one for February, though. Do you have anything in mind or any particular Ooh. themes that you'd like to throw out? I mean, there is a movie called Valentine's Day, or maybe it's just Valentine. There's like my, there's my bloody Valentine. I, think I have I've seen, seen that. that. I've seen the old one and the new one. It's fine. Like, it's just like a mm-hmm. slasher movie. It has a, a little twist, of course. 
fine if you want to do that or if you want to do something that like we get a little bit more meat out of i'm cool yeah push through to be determined we don't know what we're doing yet but we will do something let's you know what we're gonna consult the wheel because the hmm. last time in october when we were like oh we'll figure out what we're doing for november we didn't do one for november i'm getting the wheel pulled up the haunting fuck oh no my i God. hated that movie <laughs> All right, I'll I'll spin one here. Hold on, let me spin it. Ah, see, it was scary. Here, I'm oh, just gonna Resident oh. Evil, which is very much no. a line of Silent no Hill. No more video games. No more. <laughs> I need a break. Okay, what? Let's see what is this? Bird Box. I hate that movie. Oh my god. Are we ever gonna get anything in here? Okay, I'm gonna spin the wheel. I just want you guys to hear what this sounds like. I know what you did last summer. Well, I know what you did last summer, and we it was I know what you did last summer. It was I did I, I know what you did last summer again. Oh well, there is a sequel. I got the witch with the V. Ooh, I'm down for the Vitch. The Vitch. I don't the, think I've I don't have I seen the Vitch. That movie fucked me up when I saw it in theaters. It is my mm. personal like reign of terror. So I'm down to talk about it if you want. Um, wheel spinner. Okay, I'm just gonna make a new one real quick. Thanks guys for listening while we figure this out. We only have three minutes. Okay, so do you want to go between the Vivich, carry final destination, split, and the perfection? Or do you want to add one more and make it even? We can put my Blood Valentine on there just oh, for right. like a Valentine's Day one. Wow. It's the Vivich by like the teeny tiniest little <laughs> portion. I thought it was going to stop like right in the middle of my Bloody Valentine and it just went. <laughs> it was meant to be the Vivich. So, so the February movie for Booze and Boobs is the Vivich. And um, I will come with my Bible. But good episode. Great job. Always fun yeah. to spend time with you. And um, I'm glad we got to do a movie for your birthday. And I thought that your um, opinions and your research was well done. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening and putting up with us for however long this episode ends up being. We will see you next month. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our episode and we look forward to hearing from you. Find us on Twitter or Instagram to request a movie or even just to discuss your thoughts at booze and boobs or send us an email boozeandboobs at gmail.com. Yeah, and we're working on turning this into a thing. So if you can please follow us on Patreon, our account there is booze and boobs also. And what are some of the benefits to joining our Patreon? Oh, Katrina, I am so glad that you asked. As a patron, you will get early release episodes, bloopers, uh, mini episodes where we showcase uh, scenes from the movies that we're talking about or just conversations that we're having that we had to cut from our recording. All that and more. And they're fun tiers. You can be an A cup, a C cup, or you can join the Triple D Plus group like us. We truly appreciate your support and we look forward to growing our following to create more content for listeners like you. So we'll see you next time or else.
yeah, let's end it with a threat. 